What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a great week in golf. It was the U.S. Open, although not every golfer liked the course layout specifically. It still ended up being a good week. What do you think of the week? Yeah, it's definitely a corporate U.S. Open. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw this aren't official numbers because I don't have it offhand, but it was like a third of the general admission tickets were bought out by the actual members itself. Huh. If I was a member of a country club, I probably wouldn't want 50,000 people trampling on the course I pay a quarter of a million dollars for. Yeah. But I think the USGA could have done a better sighting than LA Country Club, although it is just a heck of a course. The backdrop on a few of those holes is ridiculously nice. Uh, oh, it's incredible. So it made it interesting. A lot of the golfers were saying they didn't love the layouts or there were sp- specific things about the design that were also not their cup of tea. But it's also a U.S. Open, so it's not meant you're going to get those. Yeah, it's not meant to be everybody's favorite course layout of the year. If it if you wanted it to be your favorite course, then go play at you know the Honda or the Travelers. Uh, so, so what happened? Go to, go to some courses in Hawaii. They'll definitely you'll shoot thirty under, but you'll have a good time. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, was there anybody that really kind of stood out to you in terms of, of good or bad golf? I guess we haven't even said his name yet. I mean, Wyndham Clark, nice win. Dog. Uh, yeah, he, he he just casually just cruised off into the distance. Nobody else really – well, there were some fights, but um, I think the the nationwide hero that everybody wanted him to be uh, kind of fell off on Sunday. And I think you know I what think... I'm talking about without even saying his name. I think 75% of golf fans wanted Ricky Fowler. I don't care if you're yep. a live head, a European tour head. I think everybody can back Ricky. I think, what did I, whatever the percentage I said, minus 1% wanted Rory McIlroy, whether you yeah. be a hardcore PGA, nobody's cheering against Rory. And then there's 1% of people that like the underdog story in Wyndham because I think they said his best major finish prior to that was like 73rd. So it's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's. I think that number sounds right in my head. But it was, uh, it was impressive. Yeah, from Wyndham, he just kind of, he just got the job done. I mean, I, it, as weird as it sounds, it didn't look flashy. But I know that his putter and his short game really kind of carried him throughout most of the week. And they had that all over the, the uh, broadcast. They kept talking about how he kept on making everything from short, short distance, and it was carrying him out throughout the whole week. But uh, I'm going to talk awesome. about Justin Rose. I mean, Rosie was a tough one. Scott, uh, Adam Scott was a tough one. Uh, so I, I was in a pool where he'd pick five guys to make the cut. Um, my four guys were Ricky Fowler, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Dustin Johnson. Um, I think it was maybe Cam. It might have been, it might have been Hovland. That sounds right. It might have been Hovland. And then my fifth guy was Adam Scott. Um, Adam Scott prior to this week had made, I think, 14 straight cuts. No, it was Xander, DJ, Scotty, Ricky, and Scott. Yeah, so I think after the first day, I had first, third, fifth, seventh, and like 92nd in Adam Scott. Um, if Adam Scott makes the cut and just plays middling and finishes 50th, I walk out with a couple K, which would have been very nice. But uh, I haven't heard anything. Hey, I'm in that same pool, and I want five for five on a week where I know people lost out in some names. So I got to text your dad. Yeah, there were uh, there were 180 guys that ended up making the cut. 296 ended up missing. As <laughs> easy as it sounds, that five guys make the cut. Almost 300 guys couldn't do it. So, all right, into DraftKings we go. 
let's well let's go ahead and recap our week first oh yeah um, that's true <laughs> uh last week was a awesome week for me personally it was just super fun DraftKings. Um, luckily we went six for six. So that obviously is going to hit a money line and a lot of majors, especially when guys are taking flyers. So Brooks Kepka, Xander Shoffley, Terrell Hatton, Ricky Fowler, which is huge. Russell Henley, which was huge. And then my guy Vanderbilt legend, Gordon Sargent, 39th at 6,100. That will Very make nice. you money, baby. Very nice. I respect it. That was a good call. I was nervous, but you, you stuck it out and you did a good With- job doing it with arguably the worst lip out I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was, that was a brutal one. Um, but Hey, and I'll touch out. on that in five minutes. I'll touch on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, for my DraftKings, I want a good amount of money. I, again, I could have been very dangerous in DraftKings. I think at one point on Saturday morning, I was in the top 50 in the single entry. Um, I fell off a little bit just because of a, a few guys. But I had Scotty Scheffler, who finished third, Xander, who finished T10, uh, Justin Rose, who missed the cut, Ricky Fowler, who finished T5, Siwoo Kim, who finished T39, and then Sam Bennett, T43. When Siwoo was up in the top 10, um, and I had five guys in the top 10, I was really kind of cruising ahead. But I ended up, I think, still quadrupling my money, which is always nice when you're you're doing that in single entries. No complaints there. And then jumping into FanDuel, Equal success because we had a lot of the same guys, Scotty, yep. Xander. I flipped Cantlay and Hatton. No, sorry, Fowler and Hatton. And um, no, excuse me. I flipped Fowler to Matt Fitzpatrick, who finished tied for 17th as well. So Russell Henley, Gordon Sargent, two guys at the bottom that were, you know, I think overlooked personally. And some guy in the TikTok comments was talking about how Russell Henley was a bad pick because fairways don't matter. And he got the job done. So uh, <laughs> I was saying, on your face, 20, yeah. so it's a bad look for him, you know? So yeah, we raked in money on FanDuel. I was a similar boat again, a little less luck, a little less luck for me on FanDuel than DraftKings. Um, Cause I had Ricky on DraftKings, but similar lineup, Scotty T3, Hovland T19, Xander T10, uh, Rosie who missed the cut Dylan Wu who finished T32. I think he was like fourth place. At one point on Friday, it looked very promising. And then again, Sam Bennett was my guy. Gordon Sargent was yours. He finished T43. What a dog. I absolutely loved it. And um, if you followed along, hey, four for four on making money in a major, yeah. I think is a pretty rare feat. So you're welcome for anybody. All, that all on single entry too, not even 50-50s. That's, that's just single entry. Obviously, if you threw them in a 50-50, you would have, you would all but have, would have guaranteed money in that as oh. well. Just based There's, on that. Yeah. Six so. for six with two guys in the top 10. You're doing fine. Yeah. I went five for five, three guys in the top 20 on both of them. So exactly. Yeah. What are you going to do? All oh, right. Welcome to bets. Yeah, let's do it. Cause uh, listen, I'm just going to say this right off the bat. If you followed along and put a unit, which standard betting, you know, everybody says like a hundred dollars is the average one. You would have made one thousand one hundred and seventy-three dollars if you followed along with all of our bets. <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's a good week. That—that's your rent. That's your mortgage. That's your car payment. If you bet every single one of the bets we had, going up over eleven hundred dollars, one thousand one hundred and seventy-three dollars. Nice. That's ridiculous. And we're going to jump right into it right here. Um, number one. Russell Henley to make the cut minus 130. Uh, he's top 40 odds were a plus, but I'm honestly going to take in a major, just make it the cuts. So that's 
0.77 units. Yep. Can't lay top 20 questionable for a long time. <laughs> Plus 120. That was a win. Xander top 30. Um, again, the odds that were given to me, because I try to maximize unitage, he was minus 120 at top 30. Yes, the smart me would have said top 20 and gone for it. No big deal, but wins a win. Rosie and Scott both missed the cut, which I egg on my face. I don't even understand that one. Yeah. Davis to miss the cut, which it was close after Thursday. And then yep. I think he got 127 on Friday. <laughs> it was just, I think I was texting you. I'm like, bogey, bogey, bogey. I should have bet more, but him, hey. him, him and JT were trying to compete on who would play the worst on Friday. Sorry, JT. <laughs> that was bad. Same with Holmes. That was, that was a low blow. I apologize. I will, uh, I'll be quiet. We're in the JT fan club. So no disrespect there. Um, so him missing the cut 1.3 units hat and top 30 is minus 110.91 units there. And then the sweatiest bet of my entire life, <laughs> Cantlay, Brooks Kepka, and Xander top 20 parlay was plus 696, almost seven units right there off the bat. Cantlay um, was hovering around like 17th to 21st for the entirety of Sunday. Yep. Brooks Kepka was 24th up until the 72nd hole. <laughs> yep. And then Xander Shoffley made like triple, double, and back to back holes. And I thought I was done for. But all, in, all things in all, 9.97 units up on the week bringing us to over 70.08 units in 2023. Yeah, Jack had to uh, to throw out the chair that he was sitting on on Sunday. I think he just gained a little bit too much sweat, maybe some water damage on those. It was um, leaking. Yeah, a little leakage. So uh, my bet's not as uh, aggressively upward as Jack's. Jack's how, many, how many bets did you only have? Six, seven, eight? I have eight. You had eight. So I had six, uh, which is a high week for me. Uh, I went four for six. Ricky Fowler, top 30, plus 125. That was a nice winner. Uh, Justin Rose, top 30. That was a loss. Uh, DJ, top 30, was minus 110. That was a nice win. Scotty Scheffler, top 10. That was a nice win. Adam Scott missed cut. Or Adam Scott, top 40, and he missed the cut. And then Victor Hovland, top 20, minus 120. I think he finished 19th. Uh, so you know what? Doesn't got to be pretty, but that was a four for six. I'm up 1.76 units on the week. I am now 7.07 units up overall, which is always nice. You're walking on a major plus money. And I will say we both had Rose and Scott Betts. Yeah. Every statistical analytic going into it, whether it be previous performances and majors, you took a look at form in the last six to eight weeks coming into it, talking about fairways, greens and regulation putting. Justin Rose and Adam Scott, both of those numbers were just lightning go for and put lock on yeah so i will take the heat and i'm sure you will yeah, that is absolutely just, it's gonna happen but i would like to say i crapped on your dustin johnson bet for i think five minutes last week <laughs> i i will own that like a true champion because he came out and it's awesome to see um and then i think he had a practice round where somebody was cheering for him to win next year's majors he goes i'd like that too and i am back on the dustin johnson hype train you know, after PGA, when all the when all the live guys again, it was still live on the, at that point in the week. Who knows what's going on now? But they were still live then. When all of them made the cut and we were pushing up tops of the leaderboards, I was determined to get at least one live guy into one of my lineups or one of my bets. And, if you and, did an all live lineup, you did pretty good. Well, and that was the same thing at PGA. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about that again once we get to uh, the, the open. But I might go a little more live heavy come open time. Give me Cam, Cam Smith. Forth, give me DJ. DJ give me Brooks. Brooks. You had 
I'm sure I'm missing Bryson was in there. Yep, he was Sergio was 27th. Was he 27? Mm -hmm. Uh, Neiman 32nd. And I'm sure there's a guy that I'm just missing on the brief overview of what I'm looking at in terms of my notes that might be snuck in a a read or somebody in there, like a Brandon Grace or something like that. I know Reed sucked on Sunday, so I know he's down bad. Yeah, gotcha. All right, I didn't didn't pay any attention to him because I didn't have any action on him. Um, so yeah, it was again. I I I'm okay with it, and I'm gonna think about that a little bit more come open time. Maybe maybe throwing in a few extra live guys. Cam Smith, reigning champion. Yeah, that's true. Although his odds might stink then, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We got a few weeks. Um, Jack, let's get the winners' picks where the most statistical anomaly anomaly on the planet I feel like happened. Um, we both had guys finish tenth, seventeenth, and missed the cut. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I mean, Jack had Xander Shoffley and Matthew Fitzpatrick. I had Xander Shoffley and Brooks Kepka. He had Max Homa as his pre-year pick, which if you looked after the first day, seemed like a great pick. Um, I had Will Zalatoris, who didn't even end up playing. Turns out it wouldn't have mattered. They scored the same amount of points anyways. <laughs> Did Max um, Homa get zero points? I think he only got like three or four total points. <laughs> <laughs> on uh on FanDuel DraftKings lineups. Don't quote me on that. He might have got maybe gotten 10. Oh but, my uh, gosh. Yeah, Willie Z and Max Helm almost got the same amount of points. Same with JT. JT also, I think, was at zero points. So yeah, super, super, uh, super interesting that, that we both had the exact same list in terms if of if you finish. put Justin Thomas in your FanDuel lineup, you made half a point. Yeah, there you go. So Willie Z was just as good of a pick almost as, as Justin Thomas. On the on the U.S. Open, unbelievable. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into uh to wild wildcard picks. What are we looking at? How'd you do? Yeah, so I did have my number one was Colin Morikawa to miss the cut at plus four fifty. Okay, looked good for twenty eight holes. He was like seven over, and then I think he shot like thirty one on the back nine on Friday. Made the number or maybe one under the cut line, so he was doing fine. And then obviously finished tremendously. So good on him. I had Gordon Sargent top 40 at plus 250. He was 38, 37, 38th. Then he had that ridiculous slip out where someone cut the hole wrong 100%, probably <laughs> a pickup line. Yeah. And then he went to 41st. And then someone on the leaderboard um, dropped two numbers. And so he went to tied 39th and we won that bet by just every, he deserved that, honestly. Um, and then one I threw in just because it was, a, I think we did an extra one just because it was a major Ryan Fox top 30. Yep. He made the cut. He just didn't do anything with it. So I'll take the loss on that one. But all things considered, um, we we're up 0.5 units on wild cards if you bet it. There you go. Um, yeah, I didn't, I I mean, similar. I, I didn't do that great on wild cards. I did have Dylan Wu top 40 at plus 250. Um, that was a nice win. Again, nothing flashy on that, but that was a, that was one that I just liked seeing. Um, I had Victor Hovland top five at plus 400. And that ended up being a little bit more of a potential option than I almost considered. Um, if I would have gotten, you know, top 20, top 15 odds like I had on my bets and threw it in here, then it obviously could have been a lot closer. But that was a loss. Uh, my third bet, my extra bet was Siwoo Kim is a top, top South Korean over Sung Jae, Tom Kim uh, and KH Lee. So he looked really good for the first like 52 holes. And then Tom Kim proceeded to shoot like nine under 29 and, and uh, and he finished top eight. So Tom Kim finishing top eight 
uh, kind of hurt that one for Siwoo. But he beat Sungjae and he beat KH Lee, which I think is hilarious. So it almost cashed. So Yeah, it was great. Hey, listen, if a guy's going to shoot 29 on a U.S. Open final round, good for him. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a tough one to beat, especially on a course that I respectfully don't think is all that laid out for Tom Kim. With the final three holes totaling, what, 1,600 yards? Oh, it's ridiculous. And what I just realized is if you tagged along, we both made half a unit on wild cards. So if you bet our wild cards as well, you just made another unit. So there's 1,273 bucks or whatever it is now. There you go. Um, in terms of in terms of Jack and mine's head-to-head lineups, um, we did have a Sam Bennett versus Gordon Sargent. Uh, so Gordon Sargent finished T39. Sam Bennett finished T43. So that was about as close of a finish as it can get. Yeah, if you take away Sunday, though, you're kicking my rear. But, you know, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Sam Bennett on Saturday also shot, like, plus 10. Um, so Sam Bennett kind of gave it away, respectfully, because I think he was top of the leaderboard come Saturday morning. Oh, uh, yeah, he was, like, eighth place. Yeah, he was way up there. Um, our other head-to-head, we had Dylan Wu versus Russell Henley. Um, Jack also won that one. Again, it looked the complete opposite through the first like two and a half, three days. And then Dylan Wu stunk and Russell Henley came charging. So Jack ended up winning both of them. All four guys made the cut. All four guys, if you had them in your lineups, were probably not the worst guys in terms of your lineup. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know if you're winning lineups because any of those guys. Well, maybe Gordon Sargent, if he's your sixth guy like you. So, um, all right, we good to call it there for the U.S. Open? As sad as it is to say, yes. Do we know where we're going next year? Yeah, it's uh, Pinehurst, I think. Is it Pinehurst? Okay. I think it's I think it's number two, if I remember correctly. Ooh, that's going to be fun. All right, I'm here for it. Yeah, Pinehurst number two, correct. Hell yeah. All right, that'll be fun. So we'll worry about that in, what, 51 and a half weeks? Um, <laughs> yeah, sadly. <laughs> All right. So we're we, going need, to... we need a November Masters. That's what we need. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to uh, the Travelers Championship at TPC River Highlands. Uh, There's a par 70 totaling 6,840 yards. Last year's winner was Xander Shoffley. Um, This is a designated event. It is the second shortest course on the PGA Tour. Um, I didn't even look this up. Do you know the shortest course on tour? Listen, it's probably John Deere. (laughs) It could be. I don't don't think it is. I feel like like Heritage or something like that is, is pushing it. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I know the number one. You know what? While you're talking about notes, I'm looking it up. It could be in like England too. Watches it some like funky course out in England. Um like Roy, like Royal um nah. Port Rush or something. Port yeah, Royal, Port, something like that. Port Royal or Port Rush, yeah. Um all right, so second shortest course on tour. Um, as John Rahm said once before, this course is one of those fucking putting contests. Um, and it will be chock full of short approach shots. So there's not any crazy statistical category to look for. Um, in terms of this being a designated event, this is going to be one of the most loaded fields the Travelers has ever had. If you want to look at it in terms of course history, look at 2020, because this was this was one of the first couple of events right after the, the COVID gap. So this was also an extremely busy um, field on that year as well. So that gives you a little bit more of an insight in terms of what we should look at for this year. Um, outside of that, again, a lot of a lot of short approach shots, nothing crazy off the tee. You don't have to do anything there. Good irons are always are always beneficial. Um, and again, a putter is never a bad idea. So, all right, straight to the uh, DraftKings lineup. Or you got anything else, Jack? Your question. Um, Port Royal is the second shortest course. AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am with Pebble Beach host 
averages 6,816 yards, which is 12 yards shorter than Port Royal, which hosts Bermuda. Which one is uh, Travelers then? Is that three? Uh, yes, at TPC River Highlands, correct. Okay, all right. So I apologize. It isn't the second shortest course on the PGA Tour. It's the third. Um, it's uh, longer by three yards. So yeah, according- so I, math was quick. Sorry, I apologize on that. I will I will admit defeat on that for being for being wrong on that one, everyone. Um. All right, let's get into DraftKings. So we're we gonna loop together the uh, Scotty with the 10K. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's Scotty Scheffler, Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, and Xander Schauffele, and Patrick Cantlay. I will say right off the bat, yes, as John Rahm would say, it is a putting contest. But I think on the broadcast they said for the first time in nine weeks, Scotty Scheffler gained strokes putting. So I'm not sure if that's a sign of what's to come for Scotty Scheffler. He switched putters. He switched putters prior to the U.S. Open. No. He, they said he gained like 0.19 strokes in the field. Hey, you Doesn't know matter. It's better than losing eight and still yep. finishing 10th. Yep. Um, just for reference, his last, we'll call it five finishes, are third, 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 second, and fifth. So if this guy's not a lineup lock, I really don't know what to tell you. I understand his price is a little flared compared to Rory, Rom, and the defending champion. But man, is this guy good? Yeah, it's uh, in all honesty, I, this is gonna sound awful, but I've kind of gotten to the point now where I think I'm just gonna throw Scotty in the lineup until he fails me. Like it's, it, I get it. That's the easy way out, and I'm sure he's gonna be expensive. And, and, and if the price is wrong and he's like a thousand or like fifteen hundred dollars more, then maybe I'm I'm contemplating not. But at this point, he's like $400 more than Rackleroy. He's $500 more than Rahm. I, I just think it's worth it to throw him in. I mean, on a bad week, he's finishing top five. Like, it's just really tough to to kind of sit there and be like, ah, yeah, you know, I don't know about this one. It's, is he going to do well in his top five, or is he going to struggle with the putter this week and finish ninth place, man? like, Here's the thing. The worst finish in the 2023 season of the PG Tour, which stretches back to October and November last year, yeah, is 11 or 12. So, if you want to bet his top 10 odds, they are minus one. Well, I I got him. I got him in at 130. Um, I didn't end up keeping Scotty as a bet because I just I have enough of Scotty to go around. I don't I don't need to overlap on him too much. The one week he decides to struggle, uh, but they're currently now minus 140. Um, so if you his top 10 odds, jeez, are you kidding me? Yeah, his top 10 odds are minus 140, which just tells you that he people feel he's guaranteed locked top 10. I was gonna say, I I locked him in at a different number than that, so I'm very happy with the one I got. Did you? Yeah, again, I saw him at minus 130, he's he's even more more uh pricey than that at this point. There's no going away from him, the iron plays great, off tee's gonna be just fine. Um, again, the biggest challenge is the putter. He he was up putting last week. Even when he's down putting, he can still finish top ten. Um, in terms of Rory, I mean, he came through last week. Who knows here's, what Rory is going to get? Here's my fear. What's the one weakness we've seen for three straight weeks with Rory? Wedges. What's the? We're playing the third shortest course. There's going to be a ton of wedges. I'm not okay. I'm saying I'm not saying Rory's not going to go out and finish top twenty. Yeah. But in terms of DFS, when you're looking at a ten thousand nine hundred caliber guy where you go $500 below him, you get the reigning champion of this event. A guy that's worst finish in the 2023 season has been 39th in Xander Shoffley. I think we're looking for those separators and having a guy that's struggling with full wedge shots right now is a strong deterrent for me at that price point. 
there are a lot of wedges on this course between the the ranges of 75 yards and 125 yards. That's going to be a very common distance for people to have to play from. And that is wedge range for a PGA tour guy. So that scares me a little bit with Rory Uh, with Rom. I don't know if I I'm just feeling him this week. Like I know he's not playing bad, but I feel like when, when I was really high on him was when he was like, it was like win third place, sixth place. Ah, I finished 11th. Like he's awful. And now it's more like 27th, 35th, you know, 14th. Like it's just a little bit higher on that deep end. So it's a, I just feel a little safer going with Scotty at that range. Just because, like, Scotty, I can get top 10. Rom, I can get top 35. Yeah. If you take away the majors um, in the U.S. Open, PGA, and Masters, um, obviously he won the Masters and U.S. Open top 10, but his non-majors are 16, second, 15, 39, first, third, seventh, first, first, eighth, and fourth. So the volatility, I think, right now for this season is coming from majors. Yeah. I can't remember what happened in the API. I know something happened with Rom. He spoke about it. Um, he didn't play well. I don't know if that's just an excuse or what happened um, offhand. But I get the volatility because what we've seen with a lot of Rom is he goes 70, 75, 65, where in a course like this, it's going to get probably to between 17 and 21 under. Yep. So you need to get at that price point a guy that's probably going to get you 15 under. And again, Ron is not a fan of these types of courses. He does not like putting contests. He wants to go out and, and win it seven under or eight under, kind of like what happens at the U.S. Open. So um, Xander, I think he's a very viable option this week. I have no problems getting to him. Um, again, he won last year. This is Xander feels like a consistency play. Um, he's going to make a cut. He's probably going to finish top 20. It's probably not going to be flashy. He could win. He could finish 39th, but it's not going to, you know, not going to make or break. Um, personally, I, I like Cantlay this week. Um, Cantlay has played this event, I think, a half a dozen times in the last five years. He's basically guaranteed a top 15. So I think oh. T, 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 no, 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 like in, the, in his finishes, T16, T18, T12, T11, T14. I mean, those are his last five finishes. Like 10,200, if he's your second guy, then you're you're getting a guy top 10 basically or top 15 basically guaranteed yeah i think um in my opinion i think i favor xander a little bit over cantlay i think with xander specifically he's proven he's the most consistent all-around player on tour i would have said most consistent player but scotty's just proven that he can lose eight shots in a green and still finish third which is for those who don't understand that's freaking mind-boggling that he is that good with his ball striking and short game that he can lose eight shots putting on a tournament and finish third on, on events that he's shooting eight under. So he could be, you know, it's ridiculous, but it is ridiculous. Um, All right. Let, you want to rank these top five? Yeah. It's Scotty Xander Cantley, Rom McElroy for me. Okay. I'm the same way, except I think I swapped Cantley and Xander. So I think I go Scotty Cantley, Xander, Rom McElroy. My only fear with Cantlay specifically, and I have a bet on Cantlay, so this is a little bit of um, <laughs> caution to the wind too. A lot of his most recent rounds, I think the he's, I think he's only had one round under sixty-seven or sixty-eight since April. Yeah. So this course is going to get to 15, 17, 21 under. So if we need to see that for three or four rounds, you're looking at 
maybe a competitive number, but that's the only thing I'm afraid of. But like you said, he's got the course history. He plays well enough to get here. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's go to the 9K range, you know? Yeah, it's Matty Fitz at the bottom at 9K. And then I think everybody's favorite golfer in the world, Victor Hovland right now. Yeah, he's a huge fan favorite. Again, he's he has not missed a cut in a long time. It feels Stay like that. Stay off the weed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like Hovland is a cheaper's man, John Rahm, right now. No, is that a is that a bad accurate or is that a bad statement to say in terms of finishes? No, yeah, and in his short game, I cannot tell you between this time last year and now, it is night and day. No. Um, he's actually second all around in ranking and consecutive cuts made. He's actually at 21 consecutive cuts. So he's just been killing it. And then yeah. last year's travelers, which, um, was a couple years ago, um, for him. Well, that didn't make sense at all. His last travelers appearance I think it was 2020. Yeah. He finished tied for 11. So I think he has the ability to go low here with wedges. He's always been a killer, especially if he can get on the green, Absolutely. Um, he has the tendency where we saw at Wells Fargo and RBC where he's finishing 43rd. And I think it was like a 60th place, um, where he, where he started off really deep. He shot like 64 and then it went like 78. So he has those rounds in there, but I'm not afraid to get to Victor Hovland. Yeah. I think Hovland's the main guy. I think Tommy Fleetwood's another yes. choice. Um, I, I'm always scared to get to him and it's, and, it, and I have my moments with him, but I think if you, if he fits in your lineup, which, I don't know. At his price point, he's kind of in a weird spot for me. Um, I think he's very good at this choice. If you want something similar, like RBC Heritage, he was T15. He's he's had a run of like top, what, top 18 finishes. What, one, two, three, four, five, six, six of his last seven weeks. Um, the only other one was the Charles Schwab where he missed the cut. I wouldn't look too deeply into that. It happens once in a blue moon with Tommy Fleetwood. But his best um, appearances are at events that go 20 under. Exactly. So he, he fits the mold well of someone that you're looking for. He also played really well last week at the U.S. Open. And just kind of a, a side note on this, um, of the last five winners at this event, all of them had finished top 30 or better the previous week at the U.S. Open. So usually usually it's guys that were a little less well-known, like Harris English when he won it um, at this tournament a few years ago. But again, the guy like a Tommy Fleetwood, a guy like a Minwoo Lee, a guy like Brian Harmon, who played well last week. Those mm-hmm. are the kind of guys. I know, I know, I know. It makes Jack want to throw up when I say his name. But uh, those are the kind of guys that played well last week that aren't as big and grandiose as a Scotty or a, or a Ricky or. A... Yeah, I think Ricky's another great option, too. Um, yeah. Ricky Potter, dynamite outside mm. of Sunday. I think mm. for Ricky, and this is obviously impossible to try and fathom. And everybody's going to say, oh, he went out there and played safe. He, at, at that point, had to try and chase Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark was making mistakes, and it was Ricky's job to capitalize on that. And I think Ricky was trying to play position golf versus safety golf. So Ricky, on that par four that was drivable, I can't remember the number offhand, he played left. His wedge shot was just not close enough, and he's trying to you know, two-putt for par instead of having an eight-footer for birdie. I think he just let himself out there. But putter for him normally... And if we take it like even seven years ago, he was arguably as good of a putter as Jordan Spieth in his prime. So I think I, Ricky's going to be a very popular option. I'm actually, and this is hard to say because Wyndham Clark, obviously we've talked about him. I think I had him as one of my winner's picks in Wells Fargo for Pete's sake. Um, I think he'll be one of the most owned people 
for a lot of this DFS play where a lot of people are putting a dollar or $5 on just a casual lineup to watch throughout the week. Obviously 50% of your last four starts were wins. You're going to have a, you know, a sizable column and he's just a heck of a player all around. Um, But a lot of his successes and events that don't go to 20 under um, outside of Corrales, where it's not necessarily the greatest field in the world. A lot of his good finishes are, when he's going 69, 71, 72, 70. So I think I'm a little hesitant to get to Wyndham Clark, even though he's jumped, you know, top 20 in the world. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm trying to think, Jack, dude, can we, are we both kind of agreeing? I mean, maybe you'll throw Wyndham Clark in. Are we agreeing though in this 9K range? It's going to be some combination that we both like of Hovland, Fleetwood, Fowler. Yeah, I agree. Um, another one of the guys that I think is just absolutely f- shooting under the radar this week is um colin morikawa i think tpc river highlands for him specifically is an event that he can really go after his soft cut i think he's really good with the wedges i would personally like to see dustin johnson playing in this event i think he's would be a killer here but i think colin morikawa just pissing under the radar 118th at memorial barely made the cut at the U.S. Open, might have a chance, and I think he's going to be super underrounded this event. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm not I'm not as high on Morikawa as you are. and I, I, He just worries me with kind of how he's been playing a little bit recently. Um, I understand that this is, a, this is a little bit of a different course layout for him, and it might be a little better, but I, I, I think I'm just sticking with one of those three. I'm not going to try and get two outs out of the, uh, the realm of optimism here. In an ideal world, I want to get like a Scotty and then either a Cantlay or a Hovland or a Sander. Like I, if I can start my lineup with, with one of those two, uh, well, I guess there's a few options depending on who you want to get to on the second guy. But Spoiler alert. You did it. Well, I made it work, but there's still more to it, but yeah, that's, that's my goal. And then I'm kind of just skipping the rest of this nine K range. Really? You're not a fan of uh Mr. Family, Tony Finau at all. You know, I think he's going to be good this week, but I just don't know if I can get to it based on how he's been playing recently. Um, Like, he won at the Mexico Open, but outside of that, he hasn't finished inside the top 20 since, what is that, like February? Oh, the players he did? Yeah, you're right. Okay, so he was T19 at the players, but, I mean, Masters T26, RBC T31, Wells Fargo T23, PGA T72, uh, Charles Schwab missed a cut, U.S. Open T32. I don't know. I think he's going to be fine. I just feel like there's better guys with more upside that are also in this range. All right, Jack, and let's uh, skip right on through to the 8K range. Up at the top, we have Max Homa, 8,900. All the way down to Siwoo Kim at 8,000 flats. Who who are you liking to uh, kind of pop off in this range? Well, I think to first point out, we have the Rose boys, Justin Thomas and Max Homa. This would probably be the cheapest number. And this is sad to say because, you know, I'm hoping it doesn't go lower. Uh, maybe the cheapest number for both of those guys we'll see for the remainder of the season. It's sad to see JT at 8,800. Oh, yeah. Um, but he has had two missed cuts in a row, and he barely made the cut at the PGA. Um, do I think this could be a week he goes off? Definitely. There's no turn. There's no telling. You know, JT, yeah. he could pop off and win. Max Homa obviously has that smooth, consistent swing where if he gets into some good wedge numbers, he could really have a field day. I need to see a week out of both those guys. I get I- why you can get to him, though. I think it's the same thing with Sung, Sung JM, by the way. Yeah. I, I need to see it from him. I think he's been struggling a little bit too much, and I, I don't think it's 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 a good play to get to him this week. You know, if he wins this week, that's great, but I'd rather not be the guy to 
you know, try and bite early on him and have him miss the cut. I'm okay being a follower when it comes to Sungjae right now because his game just isn't clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, I think this whole category is just going to be, I, it's a, you know, it's a gated community. You're going to have to try and find your way into one of those houses out of a you know, listing or a friend. Hideki obviously has just been killing it. Fifth, 15th, 16th, 23rd, 29th, 16th, 32nd, the U.S. Open. But man, he looked like a different self. Sunday, the U.S. Open, He, I don't know if he was injured because obviously he has the knee, the ankle, the arm, the shoulder, the spirit. Everything about him is just basically injured. He's on like every injured reserve thing you look at. So I'm a little hesitant to get to him. Cam Young. Um, oh, go ahead. No, it's the same thing with me and Jason Day. I mean, he's missed four out of his last five cuts. And yes, was his other one to win at AT&T, Byron Nelson? Yeah, but like, do I want to rely on him winning one in every five weeks and then missing the cut the the other four? Like, I don't know if that if if that's the volatility I want in this He's kind of dog range. of a wedge player though. He is a dog of a wedge player, but I want to see a dog with a wedge player who's got a little bit of game going for him right now. I don't want a dog with a wedge player who can't sniff the broadside of a barnyard from seventy five yards away right now. Yeah, it is hard because you know Jason Day statistically, if you just completely disregard the last five weeks he would set up perfectly for this course i do, i want to see another week cam young his best finish in like three months was 30 second the u.s open i'm not yeah. getting to here that's just ridiculous to me um sahith thegala he's been playing a little bit off this whole stretch of i think it was since the masters he did well at the rbc and then he kind of just kind of fell off I think there's two guys in this range, and they're at the bottom of the range. I think Siwoo Kim, 8,000. Again, he's an elite iron player. Um, he's got an extremely streaky putter. He does good on short courses. You can just look at his win at the Sony Open in Hawaii. Um, and then, again, I think Tom Kim is not the worst idea to get to. Um, you know, he did good last week, finishing T8 at the U.S. Open. I know he missed two cuts prior to that. This is the third shortest course, um, you know, in the PGA circuit. So I think if there's any week that you're going to get to him, especially at 8,100 with his price not being inflated at all because he hasn't been playing at the top of his game, I don't hate getting to that option this week. Do you know how he did last year at the Travelers? Because it is, of course, traditionally would fit his eye. I don't know if he played it last year. I don't know if he was even in it. I'm not seeing his name on my initial review. I do like him. I think Siwoo is another one of those guys that yeah. we, we can target heavy because he always does really well at these events. Take a look at Byron Nelson, 65, 66, 68, 63. Yeah. He didn't even win that tournament. So I think there's not necessarily the you know a comp course where you could look at. Um, but I think if you're looking at a guy who can just go deep for four rounds in a row, Siwoo Kim at 8K is a guy you can get to comfortably. I'm all over Siwoo like a bad smell. So I am uh I'm I'm on him this week. I like him. He's 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 my guy when it comes to the 8K range. I think he's gonna be the first one. So. I think, yeah, that's about it. I mean, you can get to Shane Lowry if you want to, but he's just going to go, you know, 69-70, 69-70. Well, that's assuming he doesn't blow up and shoot 78 one of those days, too. That's fair. Um, all right, do you have a top three in this range? I uh, uh Tom Kim, Hideki. That's probably mine as well, I think, in the same lineup. But but I think mine goes Siwoo, 50 feet of crap, Tom Kim, 50 feet more of crap, and then Hideki, and then everybody else. <laughs> well, Hideki's so. proven that he can, number one, get to those numbers, and the finishes suggest he could. But yeah. that Sunday round was just hard to watch if you yeah, were a Hideki tough. fan. And I know they only showed like three shots from any that that wasn't named Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, Ricky Fowler, Wyndham Clark, or Roy McIlroy. Yep. Um, but 
it was just bad. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll, we'll cruise through the 7 and 6K range a little bit quicker now, but we don't got to go over everybody in here. We got Adam Scott at 7,900 um, all the way down. Oh, wow, we got a lot of guys in 7K here. Uh, Joseph Bramlett at 7,000. So is there a couple guys in this range you like? Oh, you know it. Number one, um, right off the top, there's 7,800, Russell Henley. Um, yes, he sucked at the PGA. Yes, 11 and 16 cuts is terrifying to see. Um, 14th, 16th, 16th, 19th, 4th, 19th. Um, those are all his finishes. That's six out of his last seven weeks. We're inside the top 20. So those numbers at a short course where he's going to get in the fairway and get numbers, I think is a good one to target. Um, you talk about um, as hard as it is to say, Ludwig Aberg. Ah. I think it's, yes, you take a look at the Canadian Open where I think he went seven or eight under. All he has to do at 7,400, in my opinion, is make a cut. And I think this guy is just proven he's one of the more accurate players coming off the college tour. And I think his wedges, I, I, I can't remember. I haven't studied his wedges as much as I have his accuracy aspect. Yeah. 7,400, I really like it. Um, Austin Eckroat, I hate doing this. I hate doing it because I wrote him like a bad, like you say, like a bad smell when he, you know, Sony 12th. I was like, oh man, I picked a winner. They went like 129, 87, 98, 90, 80, 73. Then I said, screw that. Then he went fifth. And I think I picked him at Valero. He went a hundredth. Um, but since I think it was um ATT finished runner up, 16th, 30th, and then 10th at the US Open. Um, he has, I think, two 65s, a 63. A couple 69s and a 68 sprinkled in those four or five rounds. So I think a guy at 7,300 that's just been killing it the last couple of events is nothing to shy away from. Yeah, um, I don't know if I'm getting that growth. I mean, that's not the worst option in the world, but I don't know if he's my my first he's choice. So good looking, though. Oh, that's fa- that's factual. I mean, if we're doing a looks contest, I can get you six guys out here. Uh, <laughs> Should we do a, a best and, looking lineup? Adam Scott. We could. Thomas Dietrich. Yeah, I'd say Dietrich's making that list for sure. There's a few of them that uh that would sneak. I feel like JT makes that list. JT's definitely on that list somewhere. Uh, my my first guy in the seven K range. I'll mention Minwoo Lee. Him uh, Lee. Yeah, him Lee, Exactly. If you follow him on TikTok. So he's absolutely hilarious on TikTok, but his game's also been kind of rounding into form. Um, this is his kind of a course to do well on. He's got good form, T18, T40, T5 at the U.S. Open, so he fits the metric well in terms of guys that played well at the U.S. Open to continue to play well the following week. Second guy I'll mention, Jack's least favorite guy that makes him hurl, uh, Brian Harmon. Um, you're, don't look at his made cut list, but if you, if you do, you'll see he finished T7 at the RBC Heritage, T29 at the Charles Schwab, and then T43 at the U.S. Open. So he played well enough at those events. This is also a course that he's always done really well on. He missed the cut once seven years ago, and outside of that has made every other cut and has not finished outside of 45th. So I'm, I don't hate if you go to him this week. I agree there's an inherited amount of risk, and you would also be doing a disservice to Jack if you do so. Um, listen, but- listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I don't hate Brian Harmon. What I hate about him is... Well, also, we're lefties. We can't hate on a fellow lefty. It's just impossible. There's too little of us. But everybody, he just, he does well in majors. He sneaks in a cut. You're going to see him on the leaderboard. Maybe not anymore. I don't know about that. But in these regular events, when you think you've picked a winner in Brian Harmon at 6,500 in the Masters, he goes out and shoots ninth. 
Um, and then you get him at 7,100 in these DFS and then he shoots 183rd. It's like this, this guy is unbearable for DFS. So I can't get to him, even though I like him. Do you have any action on him this week? Um, the only action I would have had is for him to miss the cut, but I didn't find those odds, but awesome. I don't cheer against lefties. Awesome. I love him this week then. Cause Jack's not on him. <laughs> Here's um, exactly. Uh, the other guy I'll mention, Eric Cole. Um, Eric Cole is an interesting guy because you look at his cuts made and he's 15 out of 25, but you got to remember his first five starts of the year, he missed the cut in all of them. Um, so really it's kind of at like, it's, it looks a lot worse than it actually is. His last six finishes are T23, T15, miscut T24, T6. And then at the U S open, he finished T39. So he's, he's basically an entirely different golfer at this point um, than he was to start the year. So it just looks a lot worse than it actually is at 7,300. Last guy I'll mention it just because he's in the field. KH Lee, a.k.a. TPC Lee. Um, we are at a TPC course. He does well at these kind of courses. He also does well on shorter courses in general. So if you want to get to him, I totally understand why. Yeah, another guy I'll mention, um, I have a couple kind of a little flyers. I think Adam Scott is one of those guys that's going to be a separator. Yep. You take a look at his finishes. Yes, he sucked at the U.S. Open. Yes, he burned both of us tremendously in more ways than one. Yep. But 13 of his last 15 finishes were inside of the top 40. He's missed one cut in the calendar year of 2023. 7,900, if he can get you a made cut and get inside top 40, you're looking really pretty there. You take a look at a guy, Corey Connors, 7,700. He played really, really well. Canadian Open, PGA, Wells Fargo, won at Valero. So I think he has the capability to perform here. Denny McCarthy, obviously coming off runner-up at Memorial, top 20 in the U.S. Open. And if there's one thing we know about Denny McCarthy, he's a putter. Yeah. Uh, last guy I'll mention, my fan favorite, Sam Bennett, is in the field, but he's 7,000 now. Um, so I'm a little worried that he's going to just continue to get up in price, and eventually he's going to – you know, I don't I don't think he's going 20 for 20 on made cuts the rest of the year. Like, I don't think he's playing every week and he's going to keep making the cut. So as he continues to get boosted up in price, don't be afraid to to find your next Sam Bennett farther down the road. You don't have to get to him each week, at, you know, as his price continues to rise. It's like I mean, uh, Ludwig last week or two yeah. weeks ago. He's like 10,400. You're like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think at 7K, he, he you could still get to him if you wanted. Um, but just realize that if he continues to do well like this week, and if he comes up and again in a week or two, he may end up being 7,500, 8K. Um, and at a certain point, you just have to kind of let it go in your head and realize that, that there might be better options. Yeah. Um, CT Pan, by the way, too, didn't didn't play at the U.S. Open. Prior to playing at the, U, the U.S. Open, he's got two top fives. So not the worst guy to get to. Um, again, fourth at the uh, Byron Nelson, fifth at the Canadian Open. Just a thought. Or third of the Canadian Open, sorry. Yeah, um, last two guys for me um, that you – or three – four guys. Wow. Um, Bez, number one putter. Yep. I, I don't, I've don't. i talked about him for 35 weeks. I don't really need to go into him. Yep. Justin Suh has been on a tear outside of the AT&T, and I think RBC has just been killing it, 7,200. Top 30 at the U.S. Open, 16th at Charles Schwab, 26th in PGA. has been killing it. Um, Brandon Wu is one of those guys that can go third, ninth, 109th, 88th. Who knows what you're going to get, but I guarantee you're going to see some flyers on him at 7,100. And then obviously Thomas Dietrich, we mentioned him more yep. specifically than me. I kind of rode his wean for 36 weeks in a row. <laughs> um, he's missed one cut. I, I Obviously, I think his DraftKings shows like 18 for 21. He's only missed two cuts in the calendar year of 2023. Um, he's been killing it. So if you can get a guy 7,100, 
that has like a 93% chance of making the cut, that's something you got to look for. Yeah. Um, again, we we know how we feel about Dietrich. Um, let's get into the 6K range. I'm going to start it off. Um, the first guy, I'll just say Sam Stevens. This is not a course for him. Um, usually I'm all aboard Sam Stevens, but if you remember, I said he's good on longer courses. He's not as good on shorter courses. He missed the cut at the, um, oh my gosh, RBC Heritage. So he just doesn't do as great on shorter courses. So I would, I would stay away from him this week. Um, if you want a guy with some decent course history, Doug Gim has been kind of yeah, getting Gim Reaper, form. baby. Um, Gim Reaper's kind of coming back as we're getting into these little bit more of a low time of the year. You know, we're between the U.S. Open and the Open. We got a few lighter weeks, so I don't hate going to that. But the, la- the other guy I'll mention is uh, Zach Johnson, 6,100. Um, I rode his coattails for like what felt about 20 weeks. I'm going to go back to riding his coattails for another 20 weeks. And uh, I have no problems doing that. Actually, I lied. Last guy. Um, if you want a good putter, Harry Hall, 6,700. The Brit. I love it, baby. I love it. This is all my research. And I call it research because it's more degeneracy. And watching European Tour at 3 a.m. is paying off. I love <laughs> to see it. Um, seven, you know, what is it? 6,700 in DraftKings. So just Harry seeing Hall? that he's been. Yeah. Yeah. He's been around that price for almost every single week. And I think one of those guys, if if you can just take 20 minutes, maybe not three in the morning, but you watch some of these YouTube videos or dig down statistics, you'll find a guy like this that just gets a lot of exemptions, the PGA Tour, like Harry Hall, yeah. get his card and fly completely under the radar. First guy I'll mention in the 6K range, Dylan Wu. I mean, this guy has been on, he had like Byron Nelson and Charles Schwab where he just completely lost it. But ever since then, he's been a freaking machine. I love him at 6,600. He's been killing it. I think he was tied for first or leading after Thursday. So yeah. coming into it with good momentum. Um, the other guy, I don't even know where he is. This is such a weird category down here. <laughs> I mean, um, hey, hey, Kiz is 6,200. He's played well here in the past. Yeah, I think he was like top 10 here last year. He was, but he's also missed 10 of his last 11 cuts. Well, that. So. Is sad. Hey, listen, Barstool needs a recall. There ain't no hobby merch after something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and his and his one made cut was a 75th at the Players Championship, where he shot 82 on Sunday. Nice. Oh, gotcha. Nice. Um, I don't know where the last guy that I had was. That is extremely disappointing because I had. We'll no we'll we'll get into DraftKings and FanDuel, and if he comes to your mind, then you can you can call him out. Disappointing. I apologize. Mm. Mm. I am disappointed in you. All right. Oh, I know it is. It's um, and don't get me wrong. When I say this, I understand the hypocrisy of this. Michael Thorn Bjornsson. Mm. Listen, you take a look at his DraftKings: hundred and eighth, hundred and twentieth, and then twentieth in some event in January. Yeah. Last year, I think he finished fourth as an AM here. I'm not sure what the correlation between that is, but if you have a, a history as an AM of sh- getting fourth, I think that brings a ton of confidence in. And if listen, if you get down to sixty eight hundred, you're in trouble here. Um, but it's not I'm, I'm trying to find and i think you're trying to find snakes in the grass needle in the haystack and if Absolutely. you're at an am shooting an event like this and you're getting top five it's i guarantee you you'll see a sprinkle on thorn berenson i think will be a little popular too but i completely understand why um all right let's just loop right into it real quick DraftKings lineup what do we got DraftKings. Scotty Scheffler had to do it. Xander Shoffley, Ludwig Aberg, 7,400. Justin Suss, 7,200. Sam Bennett, 7K. And Dylan Wu, 6,600. We are just going to have to ride it out for two days and hopefully we get a cut. You got two tanks, two young bucks, and then two cut makers, I feel like, in that lineup. Yeah. 
Uh, for my DraftKings, I'm starting Scotty Scheffler, 11-3, Patrick Cantlay, 10-2, Siwoo Kim at 8,000, Minwoo Lee, 7,600, Harry Hall, 6,700, and Zach Johnson, 6,100. Yeah, you're going to, much like me, you're going to ride for those last two guys to try and scratch a cut line. If one of them makes the cut, I think I'm winning money. Same as last week. I like to hear it. And then my fan bill, a lot more confident about this one. Scotty, 12-3, Xander, 11-6, Tommy Flo, 10-5. Siwoo Kim, 9,500. I went there. Austin Eckrow at 8,400. And then Dylan Wu, 7,700. There you go. Uh, for my FanDuel, I'm going I'm going top three, basically, in my mind. Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay, and Xander Shoffley at 12-3, 11-8, and 11-6. Then I've got Minwoo Lee at 9-4. CT Pan at 7,900. And Zach Johnson, stone minimum, 7,000. And now we're at my favorite part of the entire week. It's bet time. How many bets you got? What do we got? Six? I always eight? have eight, baby. Oh, that's right. You do Unless it's eight. Masters. Then unless it's Masters. Then whatever. I think, what did I do? 29 bets? Something like that. Maybe 30. Who knows? Oh, it's ridiculous. But eight bets this week. Two risky. And I think six are very, con- or three risky, five confident. Um, number one, Dylan Wu, top 40, plus 240. Um, you take a look at his statistics all throughout the last bunch of weeks. 32, 25, 21, 15, 39, 16. I think six of his last eight weeks hit that number. I really like those odds. And of course, that shorter course, wedge play, putter, it's going to dominate. Justin Suh, top 40 plus 180. I think he has a proven track record of keeping up with the big dogs. I think he'd really stand out this week. Austin Eckro, top 40 plus 130. I'm riding momentum with this pick. I think he can really capitalize. And for a plus number at 40 odds, I like it. Yep. Tommy Fleetwood, top 30 minus 105. These low, deep fields that can go to 20 under. I think it really is his bread and butter in terms of what he can perform at. So I really like those odds at that number. Sanders Shoffley, top 20, minus 130. Defending champion has just proven time and time again he's going to hit this number repeatedly, or if not, it's going to be really, really close. I think he's had one outside of the top 20 since, like, February. So yeah, he's – yeah. Oh, sorry, API at the beginning of March. Scotty Scheffler, top 10 at minus 105 is what I locked him in, not minus 140, thankfully. There you go. Well, he's missed it, like, two or three times this year. Just put it in and forget it. Um, Patrick Cantlay, top 20, minus 130. He is, he, he's good. Like you said, all four times or all five times he's played here, he's hit that number. He's been coming into it with a little bit of momentum. I like it. And then uh, Ricky Fowler, top 30, minus 105. I don't know if he'll get to that top five, top 10, like he did last week at the U.S. Open. But yeah. fairway, wedge play, and putting, I think he hits this number with no issue. Yeah, um, we have the same idea on a few different bets. Um, I'm keeping it light this week. I'm just sticking with three um with it being a designated event and having the kind of kind of field it is i'm always a little worried about dumping too many bets in uh first one is siwoo kim top 30 is plus 130 second one is ricky fowler top 20 at plus 165 i'm a little heavier on him than you are uh, but i think we both like ricky between top 20 top 30 um and then we're both squad riding patrick cantlay top 20 at minus 130 so which forewarning our squad rides this year have been like a twelve percent hit rate or something. I think we're I think we're like three out of eight. So uh, you know we're it's not we perfect. We were zero for two last week. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Ooh, we might be three out of ten now. So yeah, maybe it's like thirty percent. We'll see. No, but I'm talking same bets, same odds, same everything. I think we're like three for. Uh, hey, we gave the warning. That's all. If you yes. tail, that's on your that's on your end. That's fair um all right are we gonna talk about, well, all right we'll save winners for last because you got a heater um let's go to wild card picks yeah i went with um 
the two college kids coming up, I just think they're so fun to watch. I just, I really like it. I think these numbers, you could hit them. Ludwig Aberg, top 30 plus 220. If it wasn't a wild card, would I like to get to the top 40 odds? Yeah, because they were still plus. But for wild cards, we're looking at something over plus 200. And then Sam Bennett, top 40 plus 210. Outside of majors, he's been right around that number every time with those made cuts. If he can sneak in a top 40, I'm just happy about it. Yeah, um, I like both of those in terms of at least keeping the, keeping an eye on those guys to see how they do, um, possibly but you know, getting in getting into them more in terms of bets in the future. Yeah. Um, I'm doing Minwoo Lee, top 20, is plus 275. Um, and then my other wildcard pick is Scotty Scheffler and Patrick Cantlay, top 10 is plus 300. So, again, if you take Scotty basically not falling outside the top 10 and Patrick Cantlay's record at this course – um plus 300 not the worst idea of all time i thought about throwing it in as a normal bet but uh got a little scared so we're just keeping it as a wild card pick for now all right we're getting into winners yeah number one it is a heater scotty scheffler he's due he's due he's been third 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 second fifth come on he's freaking due um i i think that he's one of the guys that can really show up this week probably the best ball striker on tour by a shot at this yeah. rate, just proving what he's done, you know, if you're finishing top 10 almost every single week, losing eight shots with putting, you're a dog. And I think if he can get into some of these comfortable wedge numbers, he's going to make up for some of that lost putting shots or strokes. And then last but not least, Patrick Rogers. Yes, it is a daunting pick. It is a terrifying pick. I didn't mention it one piece, um, but I do think Patrick Rogers possesses a lot of the wedge game that's going to capitalize 125 to 175. I think his numbers really look good there. And I think he's one of the guys that flies under the radar that I didn't talk about, you didn't talk about. I probably won't say his name until we recap it next week when he shoots 65, 78. Yeah. Um, I Jack went obviously a little top heavy and then and then snuck in Patrick Rogers there. I went a little bit more low on this week. I know it's an elevated event, but I'm taking a little bit of a chance. Uh, my winner's picks are going to be Minwoo Lee or Winwoo Lee. Um, and then the other one's going to be Brian Harmon. Again, I'm uh, relying on that course history here. Am I nervous about it? Yeah. But in all actuality, do I feel comfortable about really having him anywhere? Not really. No, <laughs> no not really. Um, so this is probably the best spot for him in that for that instance. You know, I was going to say this. This is probably the hardest week where I've taken a look and I just I couldn't get to pick myself a winner. Um, just based on a lot of factors. So I, Scotty was obviously an easy choice. There's no yeah. random part there. But I take a look because what we do, again, if you don't know, we pick a number one or a higher tier guy for our number one option and more of a flyer for our second one because everybody else is boring. They put the top five guys in one flyer and magically they hit, you know, it's 16% yeah. or whatnot. It's stupid, but I, I, I just, I couldn't get myself to pick a guy. So you know, Patrick Rogers, it was. Well, and that's how I felt then and this week. I I I kind of sat there. I'm I'm starting to lighten out the load in terms of how many guys up top I have. Cause again, I can only pick a guy once each uh off for the entire year. So I kind of kind of getting to the point where I'm trying to save some guys for you know big tournaments down the road, like the open, like the you know, FedEx Cup. There I have a few different tournaments I really have to save these big names for. If I use them all now. Another cup playoffs gonna be hard when it gets down to thirty guys. Yeah, I, if I run out of guys, I'll just take the worst guy in the field. All right, I'll make a, I'll make that a rule. I'm just whoever's the like thirtieth in the FedEx Cup final, like that's gonna be problem. I think you probably. can make some extensions for uh, or exemptions for majors and the FedEx Cup finale. 
you know, I probably could, but I've, I've, I've committed it so many weeks in a row at this point. Um, I mean, hopefully you followed it wrong. I've, I've only ever missed three cuts with both guys all season. So is, is it flashy? No. Do I have any winners? No, but I do have four picks in the top five. So I've gotten those top end finishes that just haven't cashed out entirely. And you're not like losing thousands off me by taking guys that have missed the cut. So. Uh, unless you only watched from November to April, then you may have lost thousands. Yeah, all right, all right, you may have <laughs> lost thousands, but you're up now. So you know, if you stuck with, then you're in good shape. <laughs> if you stopped watching after <laughs> April Fool's Day, I'm and you just came back. Liam's up almost ten units. So, <laughs> yeah. what a world we live in. It works. It works. All right, we'll call it there. Uh, that's the travelers, Jack. Yeah, it's hard to leave a major and go to the next week. It, it obviously takes some juice away, um, but it'll be a fun week. And then we have a couple weeks coming up where it's going to be a little bit different format. Yeah. There's going to be a little bit of a uh, traveling running around with the two of us. So the, the podcasts are going to be kind of taking our, like a two, three week gap. Um, Jack's going to be really on top of the socials. So if you have us on Instagram, you have us on TikTok, you have us on Twitter, um, all those. That, Grindr. Oh, grinder. Okay. Just check it. Make it, make it <laughs> so you can swipe and find me. Uh, but if you have Jack on any of those three social medias, um, he's going to be posting a lot of content on that. Um, and he'll make sure to keep, keep your feeds busy with all the, all that he's got going on. But just cause there's going to be a lot of traveling running around. We don't really have the, uh, the, the facilities to yeah, the facilities uh, pertain to. that. Um, it's sad cause we're going to miss rocket mortgage, which is in Detroit. Are you going to be around for John Deere classic? It's going to be, it's going to be tough. I know John Deere is a home home favorite. We might try and sneak one in there, but no matter what, we'll be back of the week after. Yeah. John Deere classic is for those who don't know, I'm in Iowa. He's in Illinois. It's just like split middle ground of a course where we've played there a handful of times. Yep. Um, I played there the other week. It is pure. They had the grandstands going up. Fairway looks good. Course is scorable though. Let me tell you. Ooh, good to know. Um, so yeah, we'll try and see if we can, uh, see if we can get a pod thrown together for the John Deere for sure. Cause I, yeah. I obviously that'd be a fun one to, to get to since we're, we're both, we're both Illinois boys. So, all right, but we'll leave you at that. Keep an eye out for Jack on the socials. He's going to give you some bets and, and some, some picks I'm sure throughout the next week or two. Uh, but beyond that, let's go out there and let's win some money. Deuces.